Something's off with the pastry chef. He's under a lot of stress. Making blood wiser takes a lot of effort. No doubt, but you find it odd that he's done all this in secret without telling any of us. I've glossed over it in attempts to understand it later, as it fits into a much greater narrative. You have to be a little suspicious. It isn't nefarious. He's saving the galaxy. Well, we've passed other warehouses. It's not just the vampire cure he's working on. Also, Katana didn't contact us when she woke up. It's just the effects of cryosleep. He's hiding something. You love a good conspiracy. You always have. The end of the world sound bites and whatnot. We ought to give him the benefit of the doubt. Did the pastry chef ask for your blood? He did. You? Yeah. He says he needs a few liters. Hmm. That sounds like a lot. I didn't go to space camp, so I wouldn't know, but I have been promised a freshly baked cookie. Let's take a walk outside. I brought something to ease your mind a bit. Is it a blood thinner? No, it's a syrendibite. Oh. Yeah, 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 sure. Why not? Let's play it, and then we'll donate some blood. But just a few liters. Agreed. And that's why it's thought that only about a third of Americans are eligible to donate blood. You think vampires ever actually break into blood banks, and that's why we have blood supply shortages? Hmm. And we're back! Broadcasting from our studio on the pale blue dot we call Earth, we've got a great short for you today. We certainly do. If you've ever wondered why medical personnel dress the way they do on the battlefield, stay tuned. Today we recite and rap regarding the Red Cross... We rap? I mean, maybe. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Nellie Rufus, American journalist, had said, After what others would call a fun day out together, we feel as if we've been at the Red Cross, donating blood. I have that feeling every day I come home. <laughs> so drained. So drained. The International Committee of the Red Cross is an organization that rose out of Geneva, Switzerland, in an attempt to help protect victims of international as well as internal armed conflicts. Those that may be aided include persons harmed during war, prisoners, refugees, and other civilians in times of war. Now, the official name, the International Committee of the Red Cross, or the ICRC, began in 1859 when a Swiss businessman named Henry Dunant went to meet Napoleon III. Not the original, not Napoleon Bonaparte. It was his nephew. Not Napoleon Part Two. <laughs> part One. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, not, not Part Two either. Uh, the meeting was supposed to be about business practice in Algeria because French and Algeria were tied, or French, well, France and Algeria were tied at the time. Dunant, however, was witness to the death and or injury of nearly 40 thousand soldiers from the second italian war of independence all of whom were just left on the battlefield to fend for themselves he felt so moved by seeing what he saw that he spent his entire trip garnering relief efforts for the soldiers when he returned home to geneva he wrote a book about his experiences he spent the next couple of years forming the beginnings of what would become the icrc he wrote to political and military leaders all over europe in an attempt to form volunteer organizations to provide relief for wounded soldiers, as well as provide international treaties to protect those wounded on the battlefield. Sounds like a pretty good guy. It does, yeah. So, 
1863, the Committee of the Five, because there were five men involved, met in Geneva to discuss if this was all possible. So just five individuals. Yeah, it's insane. Like what those guys really do not by himself started and then got five guys to get on board with him. Mm -hmm. Insane. They renamed themselves as the International Committee for Relief to the Wounded in short order. The committee held a conference the same year in Geneva and invited 36 delegates, some official, some unofficial, from all over Europe to discuss their proposals. So the topics that they talked about included the relief organizations for wounded soldiers, what they would be, protection for the wounded soldiers, the formation of volunteers to help on the battlefield, organizing future conferences to legalize these international treatises, and the creation of a battlefield symbol to indicate medical personnel on the battlefield, the iconic white background with a red cross. Mm -hmm. The very next year in 1864, the very first Geneva Convention took place with 12 political entities signing the convention. Uh, The U.S. was not one of them at this time. The U.S. has a long-standing tradition of not signing things. Well, look at the year. We were a little (laughs) occupied. (laughs) We were were busy. Uh, Only a few years later in 1867, Henry Dinant, the guy who started all of this, was forced to file bankruptcy, possibly in part to ignoring his business dealings with Napoleon III at the start of this story. So, I mean, he had the best intentions, just maybe didn't have all the business savvy. He might have had a little ADD. Yeah. (laughs) But he also had a conflict with one of the other members of the original five which did not help in all of this. And the negative public opinion from his bankruptcy on top of everything else kind of spiraled and caused Dunan to be expelled from the ICRC. Expelled from the very organization that you founded. <laughs> I started that you're out. You're out. Sorry. <laughs> in 1876, this organization changed its name to the International Committee of the Red Cross and kept this moniker ever since. The American Red Cross was formed in 1881 by Clara Barton. A woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, In 1901, the ICRC received the Nobel Peace Prize, and Henry Dinant was awarded for his efforts. Uh, Ironically, or maybe rather serendipitously, 50 years after the formation of the ICRC, and with the formation of 45 national versions of the art, Red Cross, World War I broke out. Ta-da! Terrible time in history. During World War I, the ICRC set up prisoner of war agencies to aid in peaceful negotiations for the POWs. Chemical warfare was used for the very first time in human history during World War I, and the ICRC was largely responsible for protesting and having this type of warfare banned in future disputes. The ICRC received the only Nobel Peace Prize given during the years of the First World War, from 1914 to 1917, uh, for its amazing contributions to the war efforts. The next big thing, as it were, was World War II. Yep. Unfortunately, the ICRC could not reach an agreement with the Nazi party about POWs, especially Jewish detainees in concentration camps. To maintain Swiss neutrality, the ICRC remained silent on its knowledge of Nazi plans for the concentration camps. You know, part of me is like, they're total jerks. I mean, but at the same time, if, if you truly are a neutral country, you have to remain neutral or else you're taking a side. It's a hard line to follow, especially with... With everything going on, That it was a hard stance. I mean, it's easy to look at them and be like, oh, those guys are jerks, they're cowards, they're weak, you know, but is it just as hard to maintain neutrality if you're a neutral country? It's very hard to maintain neutrality. Oh, anyway. Ten delegates from the ICRC agreed to visit the concentration camps in the hopes of improving conditions under the Nazi condition that the delegates stay at the camp until the end of the war. Also something hard to do. It's a very difficult <laughs> people, like, condition. You have no idea how long this war is going to last. Yeah. So anyway, one of the delegates warned American troops about a planned blasting of a certain camp 
and he likely saved 60,000 POWs. That's a good story. Doesn't end well. He was condemned by the ICRC for risking the neutrality of he Switzerland. He saved 60,000 people. But he risked neutrality for an entire country. Hmm. Eh, like I said, like we were talking, hard line, hard line. His name was Louis Hafliger, and he was absolved and honored in 1990, finally, by the ICRC, thanking him for his service. Mm-hmm. The ICRC received the only Nobel Peace Prize once again during uh, World War II, just as it did during World War I. And the ICRC received its third Nobel Peace Prize in 1963 to celebrate a century of existence. Uh, Clara Barton, American nurse and the founder of the American Red Cross, had said, The door that nobody else will go in at seems always to swing open widely for me. So she was always an opportunist. Hands. <laughs> <laughs> now let's bring it home, so to speak. The American Red Cross, or ARC, was founded in 1881 by Clara Barton. Barton had ties to John D. Rockefeller, as well as Frederick Douglass, who were both helpful in starting the organization. How did she know both of those guys? That's... That was mind-boggling. She was a bridge between many different individuals. Yeah, she was very. She was probably like the ultimate schmoozer at the parties. Like, going, hello, I'm Clara Barton. She also went to every party. <laughs> Unfortunately, Miss Barton was not very good at fundraising nor at organization of the staff, and was eventually forced out. Yeah, that tends to be a trend with a Red Cross. With, with a founder of a Red Cross, I'm going to start this out. You're out. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank bye. you for founding the organization. <laughs> Thanks for starting all this. Now, there have been numerous leaders and famous political and historical figures involved with the American branch over the years. Uh, William H. Taft, a president at mm-hmm. one point. Elizabeth Dole, wife of Bob Dole, uh, presidential hopeful and vice president. Bob Dole. Right? Was he vice president? No, he wasn't a vice president. Bob Dole. Yeah. No, he was just a uh, hopeful, right? Bob Dole. <laughs> Spokesperson for that uh, blue pill. L.L. Cool J, Jamie Lee Curtis, Pierce Brosnan, Jackie Chan, Heidi Klum, not Americans, but, you know, that's I like cool. you Come get on more over. and more confused yeah. as you go down the list. <laughs> Patti LaBelle, Reba McIntyre, Peyton Manning, Darius Rucker, David Spade, Cary Grant, and numerous others. If you're interested, just Google American Red Cross celebrities or, or historical figures. There's all kinds. Uh, one of the biggest operations from the American Red Cross is the supply of blood, of course. Mm-hmm. But what I did not know... And surprise me is that it sells it to the hospitals. Did you know that? The Red Cross? Yeah. So it's interesting because I don't know exactly how that system works in which the blood. I couldn't find anything on it other than they sell it. Well, maybe they did that on purpose to keep it like. I'm sure. Vague. Well, it's just like drug prices in the U.S. You know, one hospital gets a drug for one price and another hospital, it's twice the price. Yeah. I don't think it's a flat fee. I think like it has to do with like, you know, different types of regions in the the country. Like they get different rates. Yeah. Yeah. And the contracts are probably different from hospital to hospital. Yeah. But at the same time, the, the Red Cross has to make money somehow. Yeah. But I did not know they sold their blood. Well, I mean, like the overhead um, has got to be pretty high because you have all those yeah. people going Refrigeration out. units. Yeah. And techs. And, yeah. But then you're getting it for free because they're all donations, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think you can sell your blood too, though. Yeah. I guess to you the Red Cross. Yeah. But uh, most people do. Like the blood drives, that's just free donation. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Tissue donation for a transplant was also part of the ARC for more than 50 years with over 1 million transplant recipients. That operation ended in 2005 so that the organization could focus on disasters and blood supplies. I didn't know for half a century that they worked on tissue donation. I didn't either. That's incredible, right? Yeah. That's like leading edge, cutting edge technology now. Yeah. Can you imagine like 50 years ago, they were like, yeah, we're going to harvest some tissue. (laughs) Can I have a skin? (laughs) What? Can I have all your skin? No, no, no. Just a little bit. I need my skin. I'm making a coat. (laughs) One of the five divisions of the ARC also focuses on training the American public on how to save lives through education in such areas as BLS, 
ACLS, AED training, oxygen administration, babysitter training, first aid, lifeguarding and water safety, emergency response, and learning how to swim in general. Yep. All very important ideas the public should be aware of. Now, another big area of work for the ARC is disaster response and relief. It responds to more than 60,000 disasters each year in the U.S. in everything ranging from structure fires to natural disasters to transportation accidents. The ARC is not a government agency. It's actually just a volunteer agency, but it was granted a congressional charter in 1905 to work in the capacity of disaster relief. So hmm. they, they are official by the U.S. government. That's very interesting. Um, so I looked at like 60,000 disasters over the course of a, a year. Mm. So if you divide it by 52, because 52 weeks in a year, every week it's about 1,100 and change uh, disasters. Wow. I did not. Yeah, I didn't even think about that math. Yeah. That's a, yeah. yeah wow. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot. That's an awful lot that they respond to. So it's a sprawling network of um, individuals in like certain locations that just like, you know, mobilize together to help out. Yeah. Another notable service that the ARC provides is emergency family communication from members of the American military. This is often in the form of notifying enlisted soldiers of important messages, such as death or birth in the family. It's worth noting that the ARC is not responsible for working with POWs. That is still up to the ICRC. Uh, Darius Rucker, American singer, had said, whether it is a call to action for blood drives, disaster relief, or just community outreach, the American Red Cross does an extraordinary job in not only meeting the immediate needs of a community, but also the preparation and planning for long-term support. Yeah. Now, for some rare facts regarding the riveting Red Cross. I'm ready. Dang it. I should have put... <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> You're like, oh, it's too good. It's too easy. It was right there. May 8th is World ICRC Day, which pays homage to Henry Dunant, as it was his birthday. Sweet little touch from the guys. The movement worldwide consists of about 50% men and 50% women. Florence Nightingale knew about Henry Dunant, but did not think highly of the Red Cross idea to begin with, even criticizing it in some of her writing. She changed her mind, however, and even joined the British Red Cross. Apart from the cross, there are three other symbols associated with the Red Cross— in Islamic nations, a crescent is the symbol for the Red Cross. Israel fought for a Star of David, but was eventually only approved for a diamond, although the symbol is sometimes seen with a Star of David within the diamond. And for a brief period, Iran had a red lion and sun up until 1979. Now, the Red Cross will install free smoke alarms and replace dead batteries to teach about fire safety. I might be giving a call soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, not climbing. Not, not going to get the ladder. Yeah, I'm going to get a free install. Hey, guys, what's fire safety? Yeah, <laughs> I'm willing you, to sit through a 10-minute presentation. <laughs> I don't have to stand up, right? Can I just sit here? Mm -hmm. uh, we'll leave you with a quote from the founder of the American Red Cross, Miss Clara Barton. Although its growth may seem to have been slow, it is to be remembered that it is not a shrub or plant to shoot up in the summer and wither in the frosts. The Red Cross is a part of us. It has come to stay, and like the sturdy oak, its spreading branches shall yet encompass and shelter the relief of the nation. And that's our short. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember, we exist within the universe. And the universe exists within ourself. We're all the stuff of stars. So have a stellar day, everyone. And thanks for stopping by our corner of the cosmos. 
This has been the Mid-Flight Crisis Podcast. You can support important spaceship repairs and maintenance by subscribing to the Mid-Flight Crisis Patreon page. We'd love to hear your suggestions about the show and future topics, and we appreciate your support, ratings, and reviews. This endeavor isn't possible without amazing listeners like you. Thanks for sharing your space and time with us. We'll see you on our next adventure. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Drop us a line at intrepidtransfer at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>